Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. You are now live with the Word on Wednesday. And don't adjust your cameras. Yeah, you're right. It's two of us. But the one is slightly younger than me, even though he's got all that gray in his head. But anyway, yeah, he's good looking too. But, you know, the apple don't fall far from the tree, does it? Um, yeah, this is the Word on Wednesday, and this is a special edition. Uh, we're in our summer series. And during our summer series, what we've done is we have topical teachings. And tonight, I invited my son in because one of the things that we're doing is we are doing how to build your family or building family foundations. And so in doing that, uh, I asked him to come in because, as many of you probably know, he is a seminary student. Uh, he is well-versed in the Word. He is a, how do I want to put it, he's a chip off the old <laughs> block. Like he's on camera. Yeah. <laughs> on camera, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what we want to do is we, before we start is we want to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive right in. So if you, can you lead us in a word of prayer? Yes, let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, this day, and we thank you for the opportunity to continue to grow closer to you. Father, as always, we want the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart to be acceptable in your sight. Now, God, as we break open uh, this word, we pray, Father, that your logos and your rhema uh, would be present with us, God. We want to know more of you. We want to love you. We want to go closer to you. We want to have a deeper, intimate relationship with you. We thank you. We honor you. We know that your presence is with us. And so because your presence is with us, we know that we will hear from you. And we'll never be the same. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, years and years ago, I embarked on this journey to build a family. And... Let me tell you something. I didn't have a clue. I did not have a clue. And oftentimes when we begin getting married and having children, we have no idea. And so I got my son here who is in the early stages, obviously, yeah, the early stages of building family. And I know he had questions, and I know that. Um, some of you had questions because this was a request. How do you build a family? And so tonight, that's what we're going to have a conversation about. But in having the conversation, I want to tell you that uh, I want to qualify what type of family we're building. We're building a family for Christ. So a lot of the, the, everything that we talk about tonight will be biblically based. It's not my opinion. It's what the Word of God says. And I'm going to tell you something, even though I learned a lot of these things long after I got started with family, um, they work. They work. So, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, let's go. I think, that, I think the other thing that we have to realize is that um, contextually, um, a lot of us come from different backgrounds, and so we'll read um, certain things in the scripture and apply our context to them. Oftentimes, that can lead us to misunderstanding what the text is saying. Uh, but at the same time, I think Scripture is uh, big enough where we can bring our context and our history to it, and it still 
gives us a very good, uh, it gives us the foundation that we need in order to make a Christian family. So, agree. And so, what you'll hear tonight, as well as next week, because we've got another special guest coming next week, is you'll hear us bring principles, principles, and principles will give you a form, but it's a form that has flexibility in it. So basically what happens is God says, do this. And when he tells us to do it, he is giving us a principle. And then based on our situation, we apply the principle to it. So that's, a, that's the thing I want to say tonight. That I, we're going to give you principles, okay? So ask your question. All right, so question number one, let's get started. First of all, before we get started again, if you have not hit the share button, hit the share button. Um, throw that out there. All right, so question number one. So what is the purpose? What do you think is the, what do you believe the, the Bible says is the Lord's purpose for the family? Hmm. The purpose of the family as God instituted was, number one, um, companionship. Uh, number two, it is um, companionship, and then it is for reproductive purposes, to multiply, to build, to, to replenish the earth. And I get that out from Genesis two, chapter 2. Let's start with Genesis chapter 2. Turn your Bibles over there real quick. And scroll on your iPads if you're one of these newfangled people that can do all of that stuff. I have to go the old way. But go Genesis chapter 2 and take a look at verse, I think it's yeah, 18. Here it is. It says, Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So just based on that, just based on that, what was going on? Well, God had completed creation, or almost created, completed crea creation, and everybody had somebody with them except Adam. And Adam didn't have anybody that was like him to come along. And so what God says is this. He says, first of all, he says, it's not good that man should be alone. And then he says, I'll make a helper fit for him. Now, the first thing I want to, I want to say about that is, number one, it was for companionship, companionship, somebody to accompany him. Secondly, it says that I'll make him a helper. Now, when we look at that word helper, a lot of times in Western thought, what we have come up with is that that person is his assistant. And from that we've generated that woman is lesser than man. Nothing could be further from the truth. No, 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 no. That Hebrew word that they use there means somebody that comes along and provides aid or, and, and makes up the shortfall 
in times of crisis. Okay, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to show you a little bit better when I when we look over back at uh, turn back over to Genesis one because I said you know um, that it was also for reproductive purposes and then there's a third thing too that we all get and it's for rule. So um, it's companionship. It is for reproduction and it is for rule. Look at Genesis one, chapter twenty-eight. See, this is the purpose. Now, his question was, "What's the purpose?" So, number one, he creates family because he wants togetherness. He wants mm -hmm. companionship. Number two, um, uh, he brings about woman to, as they say, help him in his times of distress, and also. He's got a role in there, and the role that we see uh, is really brought out uh, real strong when you look at Ephesians chapter 5, yeah. you know, because yeah. he's supposed to be loving. Right. He's supposed to be loving. Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be, you know, uh, she, she comes along, and, and she's going to help him in times of distress. Well, what do you think he's supposed to do? He's doing the same thing. Both of them have dual roles and dual obligations to each other. But look at 128 here. It says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Look. Now you 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 want me you you want me to jump right in and say the be fruitful and multiply person, but there is one thing that 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 we forget when God was speaking and giving this command. What did He say? And He said to him, No, He said to them, the command for fruitfulness, the command to multiply. The command to, to take dominion was given to Adam and Eve. So again, what do we say? The purpose of the family unit is one, it is for companionship. Number two, it is for multiplication. Number three, it is for uh, 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 um, rule. It is rule to take dominion. And so in your family, in your family, in your individual families, the first thing that you got to do is you got to say, my purpose with my wife is to be her companion. My purpose with my husband is to be a companion and to help. When he's in crisis, you he said, well, well, I think the other part that, is, that we have to remember is that if you read 1 and 28, it never says that they are to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, or subdue or dominate one another. Never. He says that they're supposed to do it over creation. Mm -hmm. So the other part of that is, is that word is a, it really translates to what we would call a manager. Mm -hmm. So God gives the command that all of this that I have created for you, your role is to manage this. Not to manage each other, mm -hmm. not to dominate each other or subdue one another, but that companionship meaning you all are supposed to rule what I have given you. I have 
given creation to you both, to the Ish, to the Isha, which are the Hebrew words, mm-hmm. and you all are supposed to do this together. Right. Did you notice that the emphasis on together? Now, what we see in our society today, though, I, I think is a lot of times we are so busy ruling each other yeah. or trying to uh, get leverage on each other or trying to control the situation that we're in that we never really enjoy the companionship. You know, if you want to dominate some, go dominate them weeds out there in that lawn. Dominate that. If you want to take control over something, go take control over some of them dust mites in that kitchen or, or, or underneath that furniture. But stop trying to control each other. And stop playing a game. You see, if you are going to build your family, and so far we've only talked about man and woman, but this is the important. This, this is important, and the reason why it's important is because. If your children see that all you're trying to do is control mama or all mama tries to do is control daddy, you know, they also see the pain that the other person is in as they are you know, bound up in all of that. And it makes them say, I ain't getting married. Or I'm going to give me somebody that I can do that to because I ain't having nobody do it to them. And then that's when you get these weak, these weak families. Well, and another layer to that is, and when you see that this is, it never says, so So the Bible calls for children to be obedient mm-hmm. and parents to not uh, provoke your children to wrath, but it never says for parents to dominate children. So there's a difference between controlling and raising mm-hmm. and dominating, meaning like to like enslave, to have control over, mm-hmm. um, over children. Mm-hmm. So that, as you're building a family, there is a, there's also a piece of, of that that's involved in that. And it all starts at the beginning. It all starts at the head. How, your relationship, how you relate to your spouse, and how you relate to your children. Now, this is not to say that your children have an equal voice in everything because their voice can't they, no, children. No, they're children. They're children. And, but the way you train them. And, you know, a lot of times we think that discipline, is beating the hell out of them. I, I just, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Every nine years. But no, discipline is what it, discipline is. Is discipline is training. How you train. Yeah. Every now and then, I had to bring out the rod of correction. Every now and then, he had to feel a hammer of pain. But it was only to, you know. That's because he's acting like a mule, and I had to, you know, do what, do get, you know, get that brain engaged by doing like you do with a mule, just whacking with this two by four. You know, that was before he was like 12 years old, and I could whack him, and he didn't do any good. But you know, what you have to do seriously is the key to uh, building a family is you start out knowing what God's purpose. Is in that family, and what's his purpose? Why does he give us family? He gives us family because number one, he wants—it's not good for us to be alone. Uh, the companionship component, and then he gives us family because he wants the continuation 
of family, and the continuation comes with multiplication. The continuation comes with multiplication, and you don't have to multiply by one. You know, you multiply by seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, get into them big time tables. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Not one grape, a lot of grapes. Amen. That's fruitful. That's fruitfulness. Enough grapes that you can make some wine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I think y'all have to also remember, too, that, that, is, that when we bring in um, dominant dominion, that it also has to do with, like you originally when you talked about purpose, purpose also has to do with, with the assignment that you have. So as a part of helping each other, you are helping each other fulfill the assignment on one another's life. So if whomever you're in, you, uh, you are married to or whoever's in your family, son, daughter, the Father, then you all have a, an assignment to help one another fulfill whatever area that is that God has, has birthed you for, um, and then to help them dominate in that area. Mm-hmm. So as I'm as I'm being raised or as I'm raising my son, I have to have a revelation of who he is and what, what God's purpose for his life is, so that way I can make sure that I instill in him the things that God that he's going to need to fulfill the purpose that God had in your life. And I think about, for example, when we were growing up, how early on there were a lot of things that we didn't understand. And you would always tell us, do it now like this, and trust me, later on you will need it. Mm-hmm. And so later on when we needed it, it was like, oh, that's what we were doing this for. Mm-hmm. But you understood and mom understood that there was a purpose on our life, there was an assignment on our life, and so you knew that, we needed to do this, and we needed to do that. And she understood, for example, all the hours of, of Bible scripture Ooh. memory that she would make us do was a part of the assignment that God had in life. So we needed that. We needed both of that. And that was a part of the domination, the subduing of whatever kingdom God had for us in the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of how you build a family. Mm-hmm. You have to know who each other are. You have to understand their purpose. Mm-hmm. And then once you understand that, you help them mm-hmm. and you protect them um, so that way they can get to that point, to that space. Yeah, and that's, that's a good point when you talk about, you, and there's a key word there. Those of you who are raising children today, you need to get the revelation You need to understand. You need to ask God, God, why did you give me this child? What is the purpose of this child in the earth realm? And how do I go about assisting him in moving towards his purpose? You know, one of the mistakes that I made with my son, for example, was that I thought that his purpose, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound silly, but this boy can hit a baseball. This boy can flat out hit a baseball, throw a baseball. I thought I had a baseball player. I was on my way. I was going to ride <laughs> that horse till the wheels fell off and then give me a new Maserati once he signed that contract. But that wasn't God's purpose for him. God's purpose was ministry. And it was later in his life, when he was about in high school, that God finally revealed to me his purpose. Of course, I never asked him that. I never asked God what the purpose.
purpose of this kid was. Never asked him at all. And when God finally intruded on me and said, hey, mm -mm, that ain't what he's going to do in life. I was like, well, why you have me sitting on them benches and stuff and buying all this big stuff and going, you know, no, you you know, you did that because that's what you wanted to do, and he was just playing. But God had a purpose for him. And one of the things that you need to do is you need to ask God, God, what is this child's purpose? And in asking purpose, what purpose is, it's not, it's not revealed to you so you can push them in that direction. No, so you can know how to help them. Because in, in telling the purpose, They've already, they already have the vision within them. God has already revealed to them individually what, their vision, what the vision for their life is, and he does it in a variety of ways, but they have vision, and the vision that God gives to them, okay, the vision that God gives to them, they don't give it to you. You don't necessarily have it. Look at Joseph. Look at Joseph's daddy. Joseph's father did not know the vision for his life. He had no idea. When Joseph came and told him, this is the vision that God has given me. This is what God has said on the beat. Joseph's father got offended. He said, wait a minute, hold on. I'm bowing down to you? Oh, no. You know, not only was his brothers offended, but so was his daddy. And one of the things that we have to do to not make the same mistake is when God tells us purpose, we have to honor vision. There are some things that your children want to do. There are some things that, that your children are drawn toward. And you just got to let them go. You got to let them go. You make sure that they're safe. You make sure that they have the best equipment or whatever it takes you are there with them, watching them grow, making sure that nobody's taking advantage of them, but don't hold them back. I had a lady just the other day, and she was, she was telling me about her son. And she says, you know what? My son doesn't like to play. My son likes to create. My son likes to build. He'll he get some scraps of paper and some sticks and build something. And somebody has told him that he should be this and that he should do that because he has that aptitude. I, and I just told her, I said, you know what? Let it flow. Let him go. Let him flow. Let it go. Let it go. Let, just, he'll find his way. Yeah. You just make sure that when he starts building stuff or whatever he does, if he asks you for, you know, some 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 scraps of this or something like that, just give it to him. Yeah. I'm, I look at my daughter. My daughter's been a business person since she got here. Yeah. Wendy was hustling <laughs> when she was like four and five years old, building stuff and selling it. That's just in her. And I never taught her that. I would I would have preferred she do a bunch of other things, but that's her gifting. So let me ask you, because we only got a few minutes left. First of all, we only got a few minutes left. So if you have questions, please put them on the line, and we'll answer them uh, after this question. So my question to you is, so what is, how do we build the foundation? What is the start of this foundation? So we, we, we talked about the purpose. Mm -hmm. What's the foundation? How do we build it? The foundation starts with Christ and his word. Let me give you a passage, okay? Let me give you a quick passage, real quick. I've got some notes here in my lap. Um, go to Matthew 7. You see, because you're getting ready to build something, too. 
And when you're building, it always starts with a foundation. We just got a, some some work done on our house, and everything dealt with the foundation first. And there's a there's an issue with the way the, the foundation put it, was put in. And now, guess what? They're going back, scrapping it, and doing it all over again. Start at Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-four. Go there. I guess we I guess we just been running off at the mouth. <laughs> Listen. Seven twenty-four. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. When you're building your family, you have to have a foundation. The foundation of a Christian family is Christ. The foundation of a Christian family is Christ and his word. And so the first thing that you've got to do with those children is you've got to get them into the word. And that does not mean that you sit up and preach at them and all that can know. You introduce them to, to the Word of God. Now, how you do it, it depends on your kid. Some kids learn the Word through song. Other kids learn the Word through cartooning. Still, other kids learn it through reading, through books. However your child learns, that's the way you want to teach them. Now, Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, real quick, real quick. because And it takes repetition. As a matter of fact, it takes repetition when, even for me today, is every day I get up. And when I get up, the first thing, one of the first things I'm doing, I'm getting in the book. And I'm not getting in the book to preach to y'all. I'm getting in the book to get it for myself. I got to get mine. And you can tell when I don't get mine because I'm not somebody you want to be around. It is the Lord and his word that constraineth me. I think what you just said is, is, is the first thing, is that it has to be modeled. Yes. And that's just, it has to be modeled. And it's not so much just the modeling of seeing, but, but that does need to happen. Mm -hmm. It's the model of doing. Doing. So as a, as a child, um, you need to see that your family is a family that, your, your standard operating procedure is whatever is in the Word of God. We respond the way God responds. We treat people the way God would have us to treat people. Um, we do the things that God would have us to do. That is, once they see that and they see that um, that their parents are doing it, that is how, that's the start of it. Mm -hmm. That's the start of it. As a family, you decide, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. This is who we're going to do. And you ain't got to beat it in nobody. You figure out the way that that child receives it best. You figure out what is best for, for your family and how your family functions. 
again, we talk about the principles. Now, he'll give you the word, and then he'll show you how to work it in your house. But everybody's not going to do it. Everybody's not getting up at no 5 o'clock in the morning praying for no hour. Everybody's not going to sit in front of a, a desk and read the word and study and scribe and decipher for no hour. No. Some people just don't have that capacity. Even within my family, we do things, each one of us does it differently. I'm a morning person, so I got to get mine in the morning. I got about it. I got, from a comprehension standpoint, I can comprehend and take in real good for about an hour. And after that hour, I can't take no more. <laughs> then I got to chew. You got to <laughs> let me get up and chew. You got to let me walk around some and think about it. And, you know, as they say, practice my preaching. Call my kids and, and, and say, you know, this is what the Lord told me today. And they don't even take my phone calls no more, so I stop calling them. But here, let me give you this last bit, okay? Let me give you this. Um, look, 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 here's what it says. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a hand on your, a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Look, you are saturating yourself with his word. The word should be foremost in your mind all day and in every situation. Remember that what would Jesus do, Ben? When they talk about frontlets, they're talking about and, and binding on your arms or your, or your wrist, those are, those are just um, ways that the word stays in front of your face at all times. We say, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word is a, lamp unto, a, a light unto my pathway and a lamp unto my feet. The word becomes the guide of the family. And when all the when the entire family is focused in on the word, that's when you have unity and not division. When how can two or three of us walk together unless we agree? That's when the family really makes progress. Not individ, not just individuals within the family, not just the smart one, not just the athletic one, but because all of you are focused on the same thing, then the family advances together. You're able to, everybody's able to get into their place and make their contribution to your family based upon vision, based upon gifting, and based upon the obedience and leadership within the family. That's it in a nutshell. All right, we got a question. Okay, go with the question. That's about 30 minutes. All right, Question. So Lisa asks, um, my daughter has prophetic dreams that wake her up crying. 
these vivid dreams come to her year after year? What is my role in helping her in her gift? Daughter, or you um, my daughter has prophetic dreams that wake her up crying. These vivid dreams come to her year after year. What is my role in helping her in her gift? Ooh, that's a windy question. That's <laughs> a sure old question. I can answer that one. Go ahead, well, you answer that. Ah, yeah. So, first of all, I'm not a dreamer. Um, that is not my. That is not a, a way that God speaks to me. However, what I would say is the first thing to do is to let her know that it is a gift and that when God gives you a gift, he gives it to you because he trusts you with what he's given you. And so that alone should help her to embrace this gift that she has. Um, I would then also say um, your role is to nurture the gift. So by nurture, I mean if that's not something that you have an expertise in, um, then God hasn't given you necessarily the way, a uh, specific way for understanding of it, to surround her with people who do. There are a lot, as you just said, my sister is, that's, that's her real will. So uh, when I have questions like that, I go to her because that's not something that I am necessarily gifted in. So find people who have that gift. Find resources, conferences, places that she can go to get nurtured in that gift, and you support her, letting her know that, again, this is a gift that is necessary for the body of Christ. This is a gift that God gave her to help her uh, subdue, have dominion um, in, in the earth. Like This is something that God gave her. And he didn't just give it to anybody. He gave it to her because the kingdom that he has for her in the earth needs her to understand, to be comfortable, to nurture, to use this gift uh, for his glory. Let me, let, me, let me tack on a couple things to that. Number one, okay, because it takes me a minute, but number one, the first thing that you are to do is you are to begin to pray with reason why I say pray with her is because this gift is being treated as if it's a curse because she's scared, she's frightened, uh, and she needs somebody to cover her in that gifting. And so as a parent, you need to get before the face of God and say, hey, look here, uh, my child, the child that you gave me to be a steward of is having this problem. And so we're going to pray and we're going to ask you which way to go and who is, and you need to send us somebody to help us. That's number one. Uh, because that there's some satanic attacks that are trying to prevent her from getting to her purpose. Uh, secondly, you need to get comfortable with it. You have to get comfortable with it because she's outside the quote-unquote norm, and so she's scared of the gift because, she doesn't understand it, and neither do you. And when God is working with you, I remember some, I remember uh, when I was first called to preach, for example, I went to my mother, and my mother threw her hands up, and my mother was one of them straight up get involved in everything in our life. She said, that's between you and God. But then she began to pray and make sure that avenues were open so I can get the necessary understanding and training that I needed. And that's, that's what you have to do. You have to put, create an environment or, or a, a, create an environment through prayer 
that will help her. And then the third, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to get with somebody so you can understand what's going on. Uh, not a, not a person like myself because that's not my that's not my area of expertise. When I have dreams, visions, and stuff that I don't understand, I go not to the preacher but to the prophet. And I come from a family that's got several prophets in them. I go to my sister in a heartbeat and say, hey, without even telling her what's going on, what the Lord done said to you about me? And she'll, she kind of laugh, and then within two or three seconds of, on that conversation, she said, I'm glad you called me because this is what the Lord said to me. Well, I go to my daughter. My daughter, you know, I, I, I don't generally, you know, mm -mm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't bother with them too much except for when I need them right then and there. And so that's what you need to do with them. Other questions? That's it. Okay. I hope that helps you. We need to, uh, I guess we need to shut it down, huh? Yeah, we're over time. Okay. Well, just real quickly. We started out talking about purpose. What is the purpose of family? And what did we come up with? Companionship, reproduction, and rules. Okay. Yeah. As, as they say, there's, there's some pleasure in there, in that companionship thing. Oh, yes, it is, yes, it is. And there's purpose, and the purpose is for you to take dominion and for you to create legacy, a legacy not for yourself but a legacy for God. Second thing, how do we, uh, what, what, are we what, are, what are we building with? We're building on a foundation. Everything centers on God. And if you don't build on that foundation, that foundation which is the word of God, which is Christ himself, the things that God has said himself, if you don't build on that, wait till the storm comes. You're going to amass a whole bunch of money. You can get a whole bunch of property. You can get a whole bunch of everything. You can look like you're flourishing. And then all of a sudden, one day, the Lord just allows us to come through. And all of it is gone. You're going to have millions and millions of dollars. Not build your family on the Word of God. Get that one bad child. And the next thing you know, everything that you amassed is gone to try to keep that boy or that girl out of going to jail or or keep that boy or that girl off of those drugs or whatever they get entangled with. Or the boy or girl just gives it all away because somebody came along slicker than them and took it from them. You never build on men. You build on Christ and Christian principles. And now, so what do you do with the lesson tonight? I'm going to tell you what you do with it. You take what we've just talked about and you make it work. You go say, okay, God, we understand what we're supposed to do. We understand how we're supposed to do it. Now, oh, 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 how do, how do I do it in my house? Make it work. Well, that's all we have time for tonight. Next week, we'll continue the conversation on building strong families. <coughs> um, too bad I can't get this, this guy right back with me again next week, but I got something for you. I got something really, really special for you as we go through this summer series. Um, why don't you close out with a word of prayer? Let's pray. God, we thank you for, <clears throat> for this time in your word, this time of fellowship. We pray, Father, that as we uh, end this Bible study, that you would continue to speak to us. We pray, God, that um, every word that was for us would fall in good ground. That 
Always, Father, we know that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. That it pierces and divides souls asunder, soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray, God, the Lord, that you would get to the heart of the matter, that, God, that we would raise families that are pleasing to you, that subdue, that have dominion, uh, and that, Lord God, that are good for your kingdom. Now, we thank you, we love you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you. We'll see you next week. This has been Pastor Winfred Burns, along with Winfred Burns II, who's also a pastor, by the way. And we have been live with the Word on Wednesday. We send our blessings your way. Pray for us. Pray for my family. Pray for my wife. You got something? Don't forget. So what he hasn't told you, he just, we just started him a new page specifically for this. So there is a page if you go on Facebook and search um, life, uh, life Lessons with the Elder. Um, so I will put the link on the Facebook Live so you guys can go over and like his page. What's going to start happening is his shows will be on that page. So you want to make sure, along with other content that he has, um, like um, Bible studies and other things that he's going to be doing, so y'all make sure y'all go over to that page, like the page, follow the page, so that way you can get all the information that you need. Also, if you have questions, send them an inbox. Um, he'll eventually get to them. But send them an inbox or email it to us at globaldriveradio at gmail.com, and we will definitely uh, pass it on. You know, I'm the old dog, and so they're trying to treat, teach me all these new tricks. They can't even get me to use the Bible in, on the iPad. I, I, like, I like this right here. Yes, you know what? They, but they're going to bring me into the, what is this, the 21st century? 20, yes. Yeah, but they're going to bring me into the 21st century, kicking and screaming, but I'm coming. So we'll see you next week at 7 p.m., and I got something special for y'all next week. I ain't telling you what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I got something really special. Be blessed and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Good night. Good night. Turn all these cameras off. I wonder if it was because...